we've been bootstrapping up until this point. I haven't really spent any money on marketing just because of those complexities that I just talked about. It's going to take a lot of strategy along with a lot of capital in order to do it right. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Robin Copernicus. And on today's episode, we have an amazing founder, Alex Mailbranch. And Mailbranch, that's actually a French name, but we are saying Mailbranch right now to not confuse people. But Alex is the founder of Plane Ahead. And we're going to learn more about what he's been doing to start getting traction. And he's actually on the verge of starting to attract investors because he's been doing it the right way where he built this customer list first, he has traction, and now he's actually approaching investors from a position of strength. So I can't wait to talk to Alex. Welcome to the show. For those that are unaware of your background and unaware of Plane Ahead, where are you right now with your business and how did you get to this point? Yeah, I appreciate it. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on and, and getting to talk a little bit more about Plane Ahead. So right now with Plane Ahead, we're we actually just got our first $250,000 of funding on Friday. So that's pretty Yeah, can, so exciting. Yes, absolutely. So it's good, especially as a startup, when you can get that first little bit of money in the bank and take your sigh of relief because you've been working real hard the last months or years. So doing that in the middle of continuing to raise just a little bit so that we can continue to push forward and, and get some more customers. So I'm excited from where we are from the business standpoint. Myself, right now I'm out of Houston just moved to Houston from Denver, but we've been, me and my family, I've, I've got a wife and two kids. We've been moving around quite a bit. So I'm originally from Chicago, uh, but gone all over the place up until now here in Houston. Okay. I've heard a lot of people say that Chicago and Houston are very similar. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, one is a lot warmer than the other, <laughs> but other than that, I'd say they're pretty close. The food is great. Uh, there's a ton of things to do. There's a lot of culture in different places of the city. So I would say that's not a that's not a stretch. I feel like the vibe, the way people vibe with each other, it's really the same. It's just like a different tint. To yeah. It. So when you go, yeah, it's like a different food, different kind of clothing, different preferences. But the vibe is like really similar in terms of how people connect. Yeah. With Plane Ahead, when did you come up with this idea and where are you at with it right now? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So it was actually in January of this year. January 28th to be exact, me and my family, both my immediate family and my family, my brothers and sisters, my mom, we were getting ready for my older sister's wedding, which was supposed to be last year, got moved because of COVID to this year. And so we had our tickets from all of our various places that we lived to San Diego, which is where my sister was getting married. And I got one of those emails from Southwest that said, hey, we're doing another sale, $49 one way, blah, blah, blah. So I go on to change my ticket because the way we grew up, we're just, we're, we've always been tight on money. So there, there are certain idiosyncrasies that I still have from those times. So I'm like, all right, let me try and save a few bucks. I go on there. And from when I bought the ticket all the way up until that moment when they had sent that change, I saved $300 each ticket. So $300 for my ticket, my wife's ticket, my kid's ticket. I'm like, dang, that was easy. So I, we've got a family group chat. I texted everyone in the group chat. Hey, Southwest has a has a uh, deal. So go on there right now, change your ticket, see what you can get back. And after that happened, everyone, I'd say combined between all of our families, we saved anywhere between twenty five and three three thousand dollars, twenty five hundred three thousand dollars. So I was like, man, that was easy. Like, why doesn't someone do that? So I started looking on the internet, 
you know, trying to figure out, okay, no one does it. All right, why doesn't anyone do it? What's stopping them from doing it? And then I came to my answers there and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I was, I was on paternity leave with my second daughter. I had a lot of long nights. I wasn't getting sleep anyway, so screw it. And I just started building it. So probably about 14 days from January 28th when that whole change thing happened, we actually had a beta out and we were starting to get customers 14 days later. And so in terms of customer acquisition, what were you actually doing to start getting customers into your pipeline? Yeah, just I, I would probably say 99% you start with the friends and family. So I'm calling up everyone on my contacts. I'll say, you know, I started my own business. Would you pay 99 bucks? Just, just tell me how it is. You know, once I get the first couple of friends and family where it actually works, then I'm like, hey, tell your friends, you know, tell your coworkers or whatever. And then that's kind of how it started. I, I really didn't even, so I said, about two weeks after January 28th, it was February, I started, I didn't start doing anything publicly until about mid-March. So between mid-February and mid-March, it was just like, hey, friends are telling their friends and, and my family is telling their you know, co-workers and that's how I got going. Okay, so up until mid-March, it's been just using your network. And with your network, you already have you know this trust built out, so it's really easy to start selling to your network. And actually, a lot of founders will go this route, right? They will start with their immediate network, and then once they've exhausted their network and they're trying to market outside, what they'll learn is it's a totally different ballgame because now you have to start advertising or marketing your no likability and trust, and it's a different hurdle. So... Mid-March is when you actually started going public outside of your network. Walk me through that process. What are some of the, the challenges, some of the hurdles that you faced? Yeah, so for this business in particular, it's hard because there's an education piece, right? So we're doing something that nobody has done up until this point, and I can go a little bit more into that. But there's a lot of education that goes along with it. So when you're trying to get things on Instagram or talk to people, they see save money or cheap flights. And they're like, what's the difference between this and Expedia or this and Kayak? So it, it was hard at the beginning because I was trying to craft, okay, how can I get across what's different about us in so many words, right? I've got 140 characters on Twitter. I've got one post in probably two seconds while they scroll to catch their attention. What can I say that's going to make it? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, and that that was hard and still is hard, candidly. Like, I, I think the more and more I have customer stories out there, I think that's a big part of some of our success as of late is anytime there's a big customer story, I put it out there and it helps people create context around what we're actually doing, right, in, in addition to the graphics that we're putting up. But that's still going to be a hurdle for us as we continue to grow and create this category. Okay. How many people would you say are using your app right now at this moment? Yeah. Not, so, not at this moment, but you know. <laughs> There's probably over, so we've got two streams, right? So we've got a B2C and a B2B stream. And um, B2C being business to customer, so consumers, families that are just looking to travel, B2B being business to business. If you work for a company and they've got travel. So I'd probably say overall for B2C, for regular consumers, it's over 100. We, uh, I don't know exactly because literally in the last maybe 24 hours, we've gotten a handful of new customers coming in because of our latest customer story. But over 100 for, for B2C and then for B2B, we actually just signed for a pilot, our first enterprise business customer. They're publicly traded over $180 million in revenue. And so we're excited to have them come on and, and give us a little bit of a taste of what, what the business to business uh, route is going to look like. Nice. I 
I'm excited for you because this is going to be amazing social proof getting this enterprise client. Where do you see playing ahead one year from now? You've already been moving so quickly. You just started in January. Yeah. And now at the time of this recording, it's only nine months later. We're, we're almost to, to October. So one year from now, 2022, October, where would you say playing ahead is? Yeah, I think, of course, I'm biased, but I think it's going to be in a different universe than it is today. We've been fighting against the Delta variant and more hesitation around travel and more difficulties around travel. And as we're continuously pushing out our ability to save money on travel, people, including myself, um, are having to cancel trips or postpone trips. And our hope, I think my hope is the same as everybody else. We start to normalize going into 2022 and, and that's going to mean normalized travel probably even more so because of the last 18 months to two years that we've been in. And so as the proof comes out more and more from customer stories and people start to travel more, I think it's going to be at exponential. Exponential is maybe overused in, in what we do, but it really will be, right? It'll be night and day. So a year from now, I'm hoping um, we're going to have thousands of customers. We're going to have multiple enterprise businesses. We're going to have influencers and, and other larger names and brands starting to use us because it's a little bit of a no-brainer, if I can say, because of what we're doing. What marketing channels are you using right now to start generating traffic? What's working? What isn't working? Yeah, because we've been bootstrapping up until this point, I haven't really spent any money on marketing just because of those complexities that I just talked about. It's going to take a lot of strategy along with a lot of capital in order to do it right. We've just been doing Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. And anytime you get customer stories, we're posting those to continue to get some organic growth, but also we're getting it the old fashioned way as far as, hey, I'll give you a free account, try it, see if it works. It does work, okay, they tell their friends. And we're getting a lot of customers in that way as well. How are you starting to generate revenue? What's the revenue model like? Yeah, so I mentioned those two streams, right? B2B and B2C. So they've actually got differing models. So B2C is a subscription model at the moment. It's $99 for the entire year. It's actually set up to be a family membership. So that $99 covers two adults and two kids or two people under 18. And then any additional members after that is $50 additional. I really did it that way because as I was creating it, one of the things that you're looking up as a new founder, right, you're trying to like, how can I organize my ideas? And they, there's this thing called a lean canvas. And it's, hey, who are your customers? What are your revenue streams? Just getting all your ideas out on paper. And one of the questions I remember being on there is what's the demographic of people that you're going to market this thing for, this service for? And it's easy to say, and it's true, but it's easy to say, like, everyone can use it, which everyone can. Like, okay, how can I be a little bit more specific? And so I just thought about my own situation, and I know there are two groups of people that really love to travel but find it difficult. And that's millennials. So from a cost perspective, we're, we're grinding all the time, side jobs, all this other stuff. We, we're heavy in debt, but we love to travel. So cost is important for us, flexibility is important. And then families, right? I said, I've got a wife, two kids. Those deals that I used to hop on spontaneously, oh man, it's $300 to go across the country. Now it's $300 plus $300 plus $300. It's not as easy for me to just hop on a plane and go. So again, flexibility and cost. And so when I kind of planned how we're going to price it, that's why I did it that way for this year. It's supposed to be cheap, accessible for everybody, right? There's no excuse why you couldn't participate. And, and in, with that, it's setting it up as a family, right? 
even if you're, and it says family, but I, I make sure to put in the FAQs and things like, even if you're single and you, you go on a girl's trip with your best friend every year, cool. Like it, it's for two adults, two kids. It doesn't specify you need to be in a family. It's for people to travel um, in groups like they like to do and not have cost or flexibility be a hindrance for them. Okay. In terms of getting to this end goal where you have all these different enterprise clients, you have more business to um, consumer clients, what would you say is one of the most challenging things besides the obvious, which is just COVID? Yeah. So th that's yeah. obvious. If COVID wasn't an issue, what do you think would be the next challenging thing for you? I think it's something that you alluded to earlier. I think it's just building trust. A lot of new customer, or excuse me, a lot of new companies that come on the scene, it might take people a little bit to say, okay, oh yeah, I'm going to give you my money. I remember reading a customer review um, probably three or four days ago, and their response today, I asked them because they had gotten a change and gotten some credits, hey, can I use your customer story? And they said yes. And in that dialogue with them back and forth, they told me, no, when I first signed up, I, I thought it was a little too good to be true. I signed up because it was a hundred bucks and why not? But a little part of me was like hundred bucks and no, this is probably BS. And so I find that I found it funny a little bit because yeah, he signed up, but everyone's thinking that, you know, that's not the first time I've gotten that comment. Um, like, it, okay, if, if it's a hundred bucks and it's this easy, why isn't anyone doing it? Sometimes the, they say the simplest ideas are the best ideas. And so for whatever reason, it hasn't been done and kind of getting over that initial hurdle of people like, okay, this is a new company. I've never heard of this person before. Have they started, are they like a Google guy? Did they start another company? No. Okay. So why would I trust them? So I, I think along with, like you said, the obvious, it's going to be, you know, we're a new company starting a new category. We're not the second one. So when Airbnb broke through, then other companies like VRBO and others could just, yeah, we're the same thing, but we're the first ones. So now it's okay. Who are these guys? So I think continuing to build trust in our customers and, and the partners that we work with is going to be a continued challenge. All right. Where can people learn more about Plan Ahead? And if they want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure, man. So they can learn about Plan Ahead on planahead.co.co. You can also just Google Plan Ahead. And I say Google Plan Ahead because you'll see not only resources for Plain Ahead, so our Instagram and our Facebook and our LinkedIn, which will have a lot of information sources for you, but you'll also see other podcasts and, and articles on myself. So part of it, especially at this stage, is you're trying to identify with the people behind what's working or, or, or the company itself. And so maybe learning more about me or learning more about the people around me help you make a decision on whether you should trust Plain Ahead. Planahead.co, our LinkedIn, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram are good places to start. And then that's also Alex Mailbranch, the founder of Plan Ahead. So if you're Googling Plan Ahead, you should also Google Alex Mailbranch and you'll be able to find his LinkedIn, et cetera, and all that pops up. Really quick question, yeah. Alex. In terms of the name Plan Ahead, this is something where a lot of founders get stuck when they're trying to figure out a name for their company. So your name is really obvious what the name is. It's really obvious, but you must have been floating some other names around and maybe you're not even comfortable with the current name you have. So what has this relationship been like with this name? And sometimes there's some funny stories in there. I was wondering if there's any story behind the name. Yeah, man, if I can be honest with you, I had a dream about it. I had a dream about it. I was just, 
I wanted to put something, I wanted to do something with, like with airplane and I, I had a dream about it. And, and in my dream, I said, I wanted to plan ahead. And in my dream, I mixed it up and said, plane ahead. And I woke up the next day and I said, did I, what is plane ahead? And then I started to, oh, plan ahead. And then I started to like the fact that I might confuse planning ahead with plane ahead. So it just stuck from there. And even if you look at our logo, like we play off that a little bit, the, our colors are blue and orange and the blue is plan, but there's the orange E and then ahead is in orange. So you can look at it and you'll see plane ahead. You'll also see plan ahead. No, I just, I dreamt it and we went with it. I think it's good for now. <laughs> I actually like the name, but it is very much like WhatsApp. So it's this like plan ahead. What are you saying? Is that English? Like and, and it evokes this kind of curiosity yeah. where people actually try to understand and people do understand, right? If you say plan ahead and if you had to ask three people what their thoughts are on what this company does, I'm pretty sure that they would be able to come to the conclusion that it has something to do with travel. So if you can do that, then that's definitely a, a good name and a good direction. But Alex, so. thank you so much for sharing your story. I do hope to have you back on the show, maybe in the future and see where you're journey has gone where you have pivoted what are some of the other challenges that you've gone through but thank you um, again Alex I will actually leave you with the last word yeah so once again I just want to say I appreciate you having me on I'd love to hook you up with an account because you know what as many people as I was saying they need to experience it sometimes for them to believe it and so anybody that I work with I like to make sure they get that and make sure that you get your account and anybody listening, you don't necessarily need to get an account. I want you to look more up about us, right? Because I want you to be comfortable with what we're doing and be excited as we are. I, I love to travel. I'm an avid traveler. And my goal is only to help you travel without having to spend more money than you need to or, or be less flexible than you need to. So I'm, I'm excited to be the head of Plane Ahead. And we'll see hopefully a year from now. I'm right. And it's exponentially bigger than it was. So I appreciate it. All right, Copernicus. I totally messed it up. We're going to edit that part out. All right. <laughs> All right, Copernicus Nation. There you have it. Alex Mailbranch with Plan Ahead. And we will see you in the next episode. And you know what? I might actually just leave that mistake in. We'll probably just leave that in. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Robert Copernicus wanting to talk about a few special things I have going on right now. One of the most difficult problems founders hope to solve is to get traction for their startup. VCs won't even look at pitch decks anymore without this crucial element. But why is getting traction so hard? Getting your first 100 customers should not be difficult. If you want 100 signups for your startup in 30 days or less before you even launch your MVP, check out my book, Minimal Viable Mockup at minimalviablemockup.com or at mbmbook.com. And if you want a hands-on bootcamp to help you get to 100 customers and build out a high converting sales funnel, learn more about the three-hour Minimal Viable Mockup bootcamp at mbmbootcamp.com. And finally, if you are a serial founder with a successful business generating six or seven figures in revenue and scared you can lose it all at any moment book a call with me and my team at launchwithrobin.com to learn how you can launch your next startup with our operating system that helps you build an empire so you never have to worry about pivoting again again those links are mbmbook.com mvmbootcamp.com and launchwithrobin.com